You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Clutch Bubble, with me as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, if you hear a little bit extra pep in our voice, um, it's because uh, we are officially to our division previews, and that's when we know the season is right around the corner, and uh, Dylan, this is the kind of the starting point. We, we talk about all our stuff in the offseason, but now we're doing division previews, and that means, you know, as well as the calendar hitting August... Um, we are we are almost there. Yeah, we got the first preseason game this week. Uh, obviously, the Hall of Fame ceremony coming up as well. So, well, yeah, it, it's still a while. Maybe it looks like a, a long way away until the regular season starts. We're yeah, definitely getting into it. Got all my preview material here that I've been reading up on, especially on this division, to get ready for today. So, yeah, it's been it's been nice to get back into it, and it feels like maybe a little earlier than usual getting all that all those things in your mind so that once the season starts you're all ready to go and yep it should be a lot of fun always enjoy doing the division previews like you said it feels like it's like the for us it's kind of the unofficial beginning of the season so it should be fun yep it is and uh we will start with the afc east um which as we said is a division that has gotten more interesting in recent years given the Kind of, um, you know, trajectory of the Bills turning into, you know, one of the, the better teams in the NFL. And now you look at uh, teams like the Dolphins, who've added some new pieces, have a new head coach. Jets have certainly added a lot of new pieces, a lot of young pieces to the mix. Uh, of course, the yeah. Patriots are still there trying to find their way back um, to the top of the division. So a very, you know, intriguing division from that standpoint. Uh, and, Dylan, as always, the way we're going to kind of break this down is by looking at each of these teams and looking at the sort of ceiling and the floor for what we think um, they could accomplish in the 2022 season. And by do, by doing so, we always look at the projected win totals. And um, this one is pretty clear who everyone uh, <laughs> is kind of projecting to win the AFCs, and that is the Buffalo Bills, who we'll start with. Uh, Bills projected 11.5 uh, in their win total, which is, well, that's quite a few wins. Um, and I mean, look, though, we know the expectations for the Bills is to get to the Super Bowl. That has become the expectation for them in recent seasons, and it's understandable why, given their, their roster and the makeup and everything. Almost got there last year, as we know. Um, but, you know, now you look at this team, and, you know, there's a lot to like, and I'm sure they will have a big presence when we go to our predictions uh, after all of our previews uh, for the season. But, there's a lot to like here. Uh, the only thing, Dylan, when I look at this win total, I started looking at their schedule, yeah. <laughs> and by no means that they have an easy schedule. And uh, that's why I think when you look at this, certainly the floor, uh, I think they're going to hit double digits. I think they, you know, they'll be a ten win ten win team. I would think for sure, barring a, you know, significant injury to, to mm-hmm. Josh Allen or anything like that. But man, this is not an easy schedule, especially the the top part of the schedule when you look at it. Um, you know, they start off against the Rams, as we know, in, in L.A. 
They play the Titans. They're on the road against Miami, on the road against Buffalo. Steelers at home should win that one. Then they got to go to the Chiefs. They got the Packers. Um, <laughs> you keep going down. You know, you got the Browns back uh, yeah. in November, which by that point, you know, newsworthy. Deshaun Watson will probably be under center. Um, you know, got to go to New England. Got to go to Cincinnati. Like, it's not an easy schedule. So, from that perspective, you know, I, I certainly still look at the Bills as probably going to be one of the better teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, man, when you look at the schedule, if I'm looking at that number 11 and a half, I'm probably going under. I probably may go 10 or 11, but still, that's a – it's not an easy schedule by any means. Yeah, I, you know, if they play up to expectations, they can take care of business against those good teams. Like you said, they – are projected to be one of the best teams in the league. They are, in most places, the Super Bowl favorite, let alone the division favorite here. But the schedule's not easy. But for their division, just from the outset, we'll say that this division overall has a pretty tough expected schedule. The Bills somehow, at least according to Football Outsiders, have slightly easier schedules than their uh, counterparts. The Dolphins have the second toughest. The Jets are are in there at seventh toughest. And then the Patriots are right next to the Buffalo. They're at 10th, whereas Buffalo's 11th. So I think that's partially because those teams have to play the Bills twice. The Bills don't have to play themselves twice. So that helps a bit. But yeah, overall, um, still though, in terms of like, we kind of saw this last year, even though Buffalo's schedule ended up not being overly hard uh, by the end of it, where uh, you looked at all the final standings of the teams they played. But uh, they finished obviously with the third seed, and not that who knows if they'd if they'd had a home field against the Chiefs if that changes things. Maybe it doesn't, but nonetheless, this is a team that last year in the middle of the season I think was sitting around like seven and five. They'd lost they lost a couple back to back to New England and, and Tampa Bay, and um, found themselves. and I still think that they're the best team in this division. But like you said, that eleven and a half is a little high. Um, I think they can get to, you know, like 11 and 6, they should be able to get to. Um, if yeah. they win some of these tougher games, and I think they should be able to beat good teams, I still would probably slightly go the over. In terms of their floor, I, I don't know how much if I go and, you know, barring major injuries. This is one of the deeper teams in the league. And, you know, they, they kind of are made some all-in moves, maybe because you've got Josh Allen's cap number going to really balloon next season. So taking advantage with Von Miller right now. Uh, maybe a team that you know you don't always want to trade up to draft for a need that's not a quarterback. They did that with Kyrie Alam. Uh, they need to you know replace Hughes there in the secondary. So that you know I, I get it from a certain. I'm sorry, Levi Wallace. I mean, for, I, and the secondary. So I mean, I get it from that point of view. They they had some struggles with their punter. They they got the punt god uh, from San Diego State, <laughs> Matarazia. So I mean, they've they've added some interesting pieces james cook as well uh receiving back in a way that you know they haven't really had that you can see fitting really next to well next to josh allen so this team just top to bottom is potentially the best in the league i i would say if josh allen plays like he did down the stretch you know you know 2020 his consistency that year was just out of control uh last year at times they had struggles obviously you think about the games they the nine to six loss or i believe that was a score to the jaguars they had some interesting results um but by the end of it down the stretch of the season into the playoffs i mean he, he brought it to another level if he can play at a consistent level I, even the teams that all you mentioned all these tough games in their schedule i still think those teams look at the bills and have to face them as well so i'd probably go slightly over i think 12 and 5 range sounds good it just might not be quite good enough for the one seed maybe it is though because this isn't the nfc like you mentioned the afc just top to bottom as a conference has so much talent that I think these yeah. teams are going to be a lot closer in the standings from like the one to the seven seed than maybe we're used to. Yeah, I think that's. I like eleven and six. That's why I said I would maybe mm-hmm. go under because even at eleven and six, they're probably one of the better teams yeah. in the league just in terms of 
like I said, where they can get to. I think 11-6 or 12-5. and five. I'm, I'm going down every game in their schedule as you were talking. I'm like, all right, I'll give them that one. I'll give them that one. I think because they have, you know, some of their tougher games are at home too. But like I said, they do still have to play on the road against the Rams, Chiefs, yeah. um, Patriots, Bengals. You know, those are all road games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think most of these home games, you kind of look at them. You know, that one against the Packers kind of stands out for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're in good shape. So, I – I guess just to be different, I'll, I'll go under. But I, I'm not going any further yeah. than 11. Mm-hmm. I think 11 is the limit there. But I, I said I, I like 11 and six or 12 and five for the Bills. And yes, uh, if you can't tell, I think they will they will be our favorite to come out of the AFC East um, without question. Uh, all right, Patriots uh, has the same over under projected win total here as uh, the Dolphins. We'll start with the Patriots. Eight and a half is that number. And, you know, I mean, the Patriots are a team that, you know, coming into the season, we kind of know that they – it feels like a little bit of a transition, certainly, uh, in, you know, recent years. You kind of look at everything that's unfolded. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Mac Jones this offseason when Bill Belichick, you know, putting his words behind Mac Jones. Um, I don't remember what the phrase was, but I remember seeing it something about, uh, you know, d- dramatic improvement or, or whatever the word was um, that, that he said. So – that's good to know, but as I kind of uh, told you, I, I still worry about the overall weapons probably for this offense. Um, don't exactly know what that looks like, but they will probably and, – and we have to remember too, right? Like it's, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels is no longer there, and um, that makes things a little bit different. Matt Patricia um, back in that role. So it's it's an interesting uh, Patriots group. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, when you look at this eight-and-a-half um, – I mean, because it's the Patriots, I would probably go over. How much more over, I'm mm-hmm. not really sure. I think that it's kind of – it's the Bills, but it's a just a different situation where it's like – I feel like their range is kind of like right close to one another, whether it's maybe they go 8-9, maybe they go 9-8. and eight. Um, You know, maybe they get to that 10-win mark. That's kind of where I'm at on the Patriots. I, I just don't – I'll be honest. Like, I, and, and maybe it is just because the changes we've seen in recent years, but there was another offseason to change, like we said, yeah. their offensive coordinator and – those things, I just I don't have a great feel for the Patriots. So I, oh man, eight and a half. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like that's a tough one too. It's like I, I either want to go eight or nine. Like I feel like that's where I'm at on them. I. All right, I'm going to let you talk. Then I'll, I'll decide as I go through their schedule. So. It's, I mean, they uh, in terms of the, the people making these odds, like they are right on the nose in terms of some yeah. of the projections. Um, Football Outsiders has them as a 8.7 wins as their mean projected win total. <laughs> so like right on yeah. 8.5, and that always it, that always puts teams that are going to be pretty bad. It gives them a little more regressing towards having a better record and the, the top teams like the best projected records they have are usually in the 10 11 win range so it's not taking those things into account patriots are probably a pretty middle middle of the road team and in terms of the record wise they have a little tougher schedules i already mentioned and um you know nine and eight eight and nine <laughs> those are about as middle of the road as you can get with your record i do worry about the offense in terms of yeah the post josh mcdaniels era i mean it's just there's so much uncertainty even uh going back through the offseason it's still kind of been the case like they're like when who's going to be running the offense it almost felt like is it uh patricia uh they're almost like they're when judge uh, going back from the giants there i mean it's like are these guys like auditioning for this like right now like well i, I don't even know what's going on um in terms of 
who's going to actually yeah. end up being the, the person and how that the impact that can have on a second year quarterback. I mean, you got put into a system and good thing he had at least a year with Josh McDaniels, but it could be drastically different. Um, I just, I do worry about what's going to happen there. Skill position wise, still not a team that's, you know, overwhelming with the level of talent that they've been able to bring in there. I think at, at times, yeah, Jacoby Myers pretty solid, but obviously uh, they haven't really had a guy that's just been yeah, over the course of the years solid enough, but do they really have a clear number one? Do they are hoping that Devonte Parker, after making that trade with Miami, that he can be, a big weapon for them but it's just it's more of the coaching and the, the play calling and just man if, if you're just a step back it's just it's tough to to think about hopefully they can still rely on the running the ball they have a ton of running backs a pretty deep room there so i don't worry too much about that it's just man i don't know it's you go from mcdaniels and the consistency they had with him with what he's able to do as a coach it's you're it's just such a drastic change and then even defensively they've they've had guys because of all the money they've Spent. I mean, you have J.C. Jackson leaving. That is not going to be an easy person to replace uh, with, with some of the guys that they have on that roster currently. Um, they have solid secondary play, but I don't know. I, I you know, you're really relying heavily on Duggar and those safeties there to to take over and kind of you know help out a bit on the outside. But I think J.C. Jackson's value we'll see fairly quickly that how missing him and how at times without him on the field. I mean, it's just. It's it's really going to be a big difference for their defense. So I yeah, there there's just a lot of uncertainty. I, I don't drop their their uh, floor too low just because it is the Patriots. They still have yeah. this defensive. Ta- they still have a core of defensive guys and a, a solid offensive line. Still good running backs, and I think Mac's not going to you know make too many bad decisions. I think they're still right. I still think that I might slightly take that over. I think they're a nine and eight team, but I mean their their floor is definitely lower than that. But if I'm I'd say their floor, if, if everything goes wrong, maybe it's maybe it's in a seven and ten season. But um, I'll take nine. I'll take the over on the eight and a half. And I think their their ceiling. I didn't really say it for the Bills. The Bills ceiling. You know, maybe they could go like fourteen and three. That's how good they are if they win all those games. But um, for the Patriots, I don't think their ceiling is much higher than eleven wins. Personally, it's it's a it's a it's a smaller gap there between like seven to eleven wins. And I'm probably still thinking nine or 10 is more realistic. Maybe that gets you in the playoffs. I'm not sure this season with all the teams that are going to be uh, fighting for those seven playoff spots, but yeah, they've, I wouldn't say much as I wouldn't say they've necessarily gotten better uh, from what I thought they were last year. Uh, They finished the year with, you know, the fourth best total DVOA. It's kind of crazy. We forget about that because of how they just got bounced so quickly and so dramatically and so forcefully by the bills. But um, they had a really good season. I just don't think the defense with J.C. Jackson and some of the other departures is going to look quite as quite as good. I don't expect them to be a top-five unit. Again, I think they'll still be in the, maybe the 10 range. And then the offense, it's just a whole wait-and-see mode. If Mac Jones takes a huge step and maybe he's uh, maybe Belichick's just running the offense himself, essentially, <laughs> maybe it all works out. But yeah. uh, right now, that offense, that's the part that really worries me that takes it back to, like, man, they could, they could dip a bit more, but we'll find out. Yeah, I think it's like I said. I think it's like eight to ten. I think that's the range I would I would go in for the Patriots. Not a lot of not a lot of variety there, but you know, even initially, I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, man, I, I may go out like eight. Um, you know, just in terms of if you were projecting the win total, I, I look at their schedule and like you said this this schedule to me, it, there's not a lot of those games you're gonna look at on the schedule and say, well, that should like that's that's a guaranteed win, mm-hmm. right? Which we know in the NFL, there's not a lot of those you could say that about, but. There are not many of those at all on the schedule. Um, there are a lot of games that are either could go either way, or the Patriots will not be the favorite in. And so, um, yeah, I think eight to ten is a good number there for them. 
Um, I just can't see it but being much higher that with the schedule. And like you said, with, with a lot of questions on offense and, and still some things to figure out. So that's where I would kind of set the starting point yeah. for the Patriots. Um, all right, the Dolphins, who we talked about also at eight and a half. Um, this is where, again, they're, they, they've certainly added, um, you know, some, some weapons to the mix. We know that Tyreek Hill comes in and, and will be expected to, you know, be a game changer for the offense. Uh, Jalen Waddle now with an opportunity, you know, maybe to take a, an even bigger step forward. But to me, it still all, all goes back to Tua. And mm-hmm. what does that look like? Um, I guess if you're looking at it from this standpoint, if it doesn't work out with Tua, and maybe there are some um, things that you know you don't necessarily like what you see, and he's struggling. Well, we do have Teddy Bridgewater there now, so perhaps that gives you an option uh, if you need to go there. Uh, meanwhile, you know, new coaching staff, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of optimism. I think when you you look at the the Dolphins here and kind of all the people that they're bringing in. I mean, look at their their running back group, it's like, yeah. man, it's um, that is the most interesting thing to me because it's like just an entirely what new three deep mm-hmm. running backs here with with Edmonds, Tony Michelle, and Mostert. Yeah. So, I mean, man, there's 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 a lot there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic if you're Miami. Um, and so I think that again, you look at this eight and a half number, and honestly, I kind of I look at it the same way as I do the Patriots in a sense. And I know we're kind of, you know, that's kind of maybe cheating a little bit where it's like, well, they both have eight and a half, but really when you look at it, I think there's a lot of similarities here, but I tell you once again, <laughs> I look at this Dolphin schedule and yep. I'm just, I'm going down this list here at Baltimore, at Cincinnati, um, you know, at San Francisco, at the chargers, at the bills, at the Patriots, Packers are in there. Um, Vikings are in there, you know, <laughs> Man, it's just, uh, yeah, that that's, I think, what makes it hard to really project the AFC East, knowing that this is kind of the schedule that all these teams are going to play. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of stick with that. I think 8 to 10 is probably the number I'd go with on the Dolphins right now, too. Yeah, tough break flexing into playing the Niners as your cross, um, right. not, your, not your set division, uh, cross uh, NFC division matchup. They're obviously facing the entire NFC North, but... Having to play in San Francisco, that is just <laughs> brutal um, from that point of view. It should be a lot of fun, obviously, to see Mike McDaniel go back to play against Shanahan. But, yeah, I mean, this is a team that has, I think, one of the widest variances of what could happen. I could see this team going 5-12. and 12. I could see them going 11-6. and six. Uh, It's a pretty uh, – it's it really so many things have to fall into place. Armstead staying healthy at tackle is going to be so important for them. In terms of his, uh, you know, just speed and what, you know, we've seen what McDaniels, how he used uh, last year uh, in the offensive line and a lot of the unique things that he wants to do in the running game. You need a guy that can move and uh, Armstead fits in perfectly at the tackle position. Uh, but if he, it, him staying healthy is very important. Connor Williams even staying healthy is important along a guard there. I just look at that group and it's like that they've drafted a lot of guys and you know that's the one thing I'm excited for McDaniel I'm like this running game and the scheme is going to really help uh, with Tua and uh, I really have belief in what Mike McDaniel wants to do but does he have the players in in house to do it I'm not as positive about that off the bat obviously the vibe of things given the situation of their team and all the all the things that happened with Brian Flores and how that all went down. I think McDaniel at least has set the, a lighter tone uh, and, and, it, and has done a good job of kind of, at least for the players, letting them focus on football um, in the early going here. Obviously, a long way things could change in the regular season, but so far seems to be off to a good start. But yeah, this is a, a defense that was really good. I wonder if how they're going to, if they can stay at that 
you know, at a top tier level, it's a team that really blitzes a ton, but didn't have it. To, so they had a lot of really high pressure numbers, but it's because they blitz so much. They still had a positive EPA per play against them on those blitzes. So it wasn't like they were overly effective necessarily all the time. I, I do have concern. They, they kept the defense coordinator from underneath Flores. So they're going to try to keep it going, but that is definitely a concern because I, you know, they really carry that offense at certain points last year. Um, the big thing is Tua. At the end of the day, if this offensive line, yeah, part of the question, you know, so much has been the amount of things that have been written about Tua from so many different angles. It's it's tough to he's been micro analyzed to to death. And the thing is, like, I mean, we don't really know. Yeah, he has pretty good numbers on his deep throws, but he doesn't throw them out often. You wonder is it because he can't? They don't feel like he's able to progress through those things in the offense, or is it more of a product of their offensive line and not having the time? They had easily the highest like. Um, average from snap to throw of any quarterback in the league. Um, really, uh, you know, going to guys that like Joe Burrow that also have to get the ball rid of the ball really quickly because they just don't have the offense line to hold up on those blocks. So, I mean, it comes down to they've drafted along the offense line. Maybe they just haven't developed these guys as well. Maybe that will be something that with McDaniel and his staff coming in there that they can take some of the talent they do have and tweak some things that will really help them. Um, I think that it's just there's so much uncertainty, and it's that's that, again, the second toughest projected schedule in the NFL, as you, you kind of mentioned some of those games. Obviously, having to face Buffalo New England twice isn't exactly easy on top of all the all the matchups across the their own conference and into the NFC. Um, so, yeah, it's it's the schedule part that makes it really tough for me to, to pick them to go over. I, I think I would probably go under 8.5, I think 8 and 9, just like I think 9 and 8 for the Pats. I think maybe they're like a one-game separation between these teams. I don't know if Miami's going to sweep the, the Patriots again, too. Um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's just so it, – man, it's like if the offensive line could just – if they if some of these guys that they've drafted at, at, with high picks – Austin Jackson's of the world. If those guys could really play well, then yeah, I think this offense, like you said, they have so much speed. We talked about the you know all the running backs that they have, and you have in Edmonds and Gaskin, two guys or uh, not Gaskin, sorry, Edmonds and and uh, Mostert. They're two of the fastest, uh, you know, just zero to to uh, moving acceleration guys. And then yeah, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and what that the amount of speed you have there. We talked about. Gasecki being a, a top tier in terms of one of the faster, just straight 40 time tight ends in the league. Um, yeah, they, they have a ton of speed, and you just imagine how McDaniel loves to, to not only use the, the, the field in the running game, but horizontally utilizing the entire field with the passing game and how he opens space up. I'm excited to see it. I just need that offensive line to play, be decent. I think if they're decent, they got a shot, but I think the schedule, I'll be less worried if I'm a Dolphins fan about making the playoffs right away uh, with this unit. I think it's more about, hey, we have a team that can improve, and if this offense improves and Tua takes a step forward in particular, then I don't think you care as much if the defense uh, maybe steps back and you don't make the playoffs quite right away. I think just seeing Tua and this and the system kind of coming together, then you, maybe you can keep working on that offensive line, keep developing guys, and then we can look ahead to 2023 with a little higher expectations. But at this point, I think just Tua's development is the biggest thing that I'm watching and how how McDaniel makes this offense as QB friendly as possible and how he is able to open up some of those, those throws down the field, even if they're not, you know, maybe they're not all 20 plus, but maybe they're in the, in the intermediate 10 to 20, 15 to 20 yard range and seeing if this passing offense can have something more to it. And maybe if they can get the running game going, maybe they can create that. Just it's, it's always the offensive line with Miami and it's been an issue for a few years and they've tried to address it. They just haven't successfully done it yet, but Armstead goes a long way if you can stay on the field. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. Like I said, I think 
I'd maybe even go down to like seven. I've been going through their schedule. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, we talked about it. I've been on some of these games. Seven to ten is what I'll go with for the the Dolphins. Um, I don't think it's much worse than that. Uh, but again, you know, that's also contingent on talking about the next team. We're going to talk about the Jets. Who knows if the Jets maybe take a big step forward? Um, but I, I think again, you look at the schedule and you're just like, man, I see the Texans on there. I see the Lions on there. Outside of that, I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of games that could go either way, perhaps. So. Um, yeah, I'll I'll go seven to ten. Maybe I'll adjust yeah. a little bit, take one down a notch for the for the Dolphins. Wide range, given the talent that's there, it's just <laughs> does it all come together. So, all right, on to the Jets. They are uh, at the bottom here. Five and a half is their projected win total. Um, and again, I think this is one where, look, I mean, the the Jets had a very good NFL draft. I don't think anyone denying that at all. Um, I think they had a. a, a a positive step in the right direction. I think if you're the Jets, that's all you can ask for in terms of an offseason. Um, you to just take a, a step in the right direction, and, and certainly I think they did that. This offseason, uh, we know they have some young talent there that they're going to bring in, and you know there will be a big expectations right away. A couple guys on offense, a couple guys on defense, um, You know, high-profile guys that they just expect to come in and, and really be able to, to help them. And yeah. around that, you know, they've got some veteran guys that hopefully we'll be able to kind of, you know, continue to provide a, a bit of a presence there. You know, we kind of know, we talked about guys like Corey Davis, Elijah Moore on offense, um, potential breakout guys, but, you know, everything still goes back to, to Zach Wilson and, and what they can get out of him. So, I mean, I think the Jets are very interesting here. Yeah. I mean, five and a half, that's, I mean, again, look at their schedule, man. They're just like, my goodness. Um, it's it's not easy, you know. You've got the teams like the Jags and Seahawks, you Lions. You know, you'd expect to be teams that are that are rebuilding. But quite honestly, you look at the rest of the schedule. There's just ooh, there's not a lot of games on there that yeah. you feel like the Jets are probably going to be favored in. So yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess my thinking on the Jets is like, how low am I going to go here uh, <laughs> and the number? Because I'm just yeah. because again, they could they could be better, right? It's just I don't know how much it shows up in the win total this year. Um, because again, when you when you do look at the games they're going to play, I mean, you you know, we're still talking AFC North group. Um, you know, got to go to Green Bay, um, yeah. got to go to Denver, right? Like these are just these are tough games. Got to go to Minnesota, um, you know, and even that game against Seattle that's late in the season, but it's it's in Seattle. So, um, <laughs> I I don't want to go like I'm like I don't I don't think it's going to be like four. I think they'll win more than four, but I don't know that. I'm going to yeah. say four. Four to, I just, I'm telling you, I, I can't see the breakthrough with this schedule. Like, I just, for some reason, I just can't see that huge breakthrough <laughs> looking at this schedule, even though I want to. I'm going to go four to eight, which eight may even be a little high. Um, but I just, I think there'll be a better team. It's just, man, I, I'm looking at this thing, and I'm like, I don't know exactly how they're going to navigate some of these spots. Although, that final three games against the Lions, Jags, and Seahawks could cover half this over under by itself um if they could win all three of those but it's a matter of what they've done before that so i'm gonna i'm gonna go four to eight i think that's the that's a nice range for the jets yeah that sounds about right i mean even i guess they could lose one more game than last year possibly the thing is they along with obviously zach wilson's uh times especially before he went down with his injury struggling in terms of just trying to push the ball down the foot field too much not taking the the layups i guess and then you saw mike white for that one game, it was I forget if it was against the Bengals or the Titans, where he went off, and it was like, man, if I just take these easy throws, uh, I, it opens up so many different things. And sure enough, you saw Zach Wilson down the stretch of last season, still made a lot of 
mistakes, still miss some plays. But once he started getting a better idea of he doesn't have to make the big play every single time, he played better. But one thing, you know, they go 4-13 and last year. They lost a lot of one-score games, but they also had, for all the uh, things we obviously when we get to the AFC North episode, we'll talk all about the Rain- Ravens' ridiculous season in terms of poor injury luck. But the Jets had lost more adjusted games on their defense and the, than the Ravens' defense last year. <laughs> Over 100 adjusted games lost. The, the sixth worst total since 2001. This is from Football Outsiders. And, yeah, it's like that that defense had – they were just beat the heck up. And then you, you think, like, of obviously it's solid just getting accustomed into the building. Just so many guys went down. Even on offense uh, at times, where obviously we, they bring in Garrett Wilson. But Elijah Moore – had a stretch of the season where six over six games had almost 500 yards and five touchdowns is really starting to figure out some things and he goes down other th- injuries in the offensive line i am excited to see you know what this offensive line and what this group can do now in the interior in particular you bring in lincoln tomlinson connor mcgovern they already have a really good center a guy that's maybe a little underrated because he's played on the jets for a little while um i mean this guy uh, he is one of the better centers in the league, and I, I think he needs to be recognized for that. You got Elijah Vera Tucker, who you know maybe you thought he was going to be a tackle initially, um, but at guard has really uh, you know has, is pretty solid. So I think that interior of that line is starting to look pretty good. George Fant's solid enough. It's whether Makai Becton a lot made of him and his health and what he looks like. But this offense line has the potential to be pretty good, and at that point. Well, you got Michael Floor there and what he might be able to do in terms of making it a more of a QB-friendly system. Now you have some more weapons. I think Uzama and Conklin, better tight ends that they've had. Uh, obviously, if Garrett Wilson can quickly step in and make an impact on top of the other guys that they do have, um, if they can stay healthy, again, that's the big thing with this team. And as, we'll, as we keep going, you'll hear me talk about uh, Brees Hall. I think that as much as I was high on Michael Carter last year, some of the advanced numbers on Brees Hall and what he looks like and how he's projected to be uh, one of the, a pretty potential breakout running back for them. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I think this offense has a chance to be decent. Now, what does that mean in terms of the schedule? It's really tough. I still think, yes, obviously they're bringing in DJ Reed and then obviously drafting Ahmad Sauce Gardner. I think they're, you know, those guys are immediately the best two corners in the room. Um, they still have uh, some holes, obviously, on this on this defense where I'm not completely convinced of how good they can be. I think John Franklin Myers was pretty great for them last year. So there's some interesting things going on. Um, I just – and they, they signed Jordan Whitehead from Tampa Bay. I mean, they, yeah, all, all there's so many interesting pieces coming into place. It's still the Jets. It's still like – it's still a lot to project them to make a huge jump. So maybe I'll say four. Maybe I'll put that as their uh, floor still. But I think their ceiling uh, could be as high as nine. Uh, you know, if they yeah. if everything really goes right, maybe they could be an above five hundred team. I don't. I, I wouldn't project that. Um, if I if I had the if I had to really project the win total, I'd probably say seven and ten. Um, that's just yeah. too far off their projected wins from Football Outsiders of seven point four. Um, so I'm going to go over on the five and a half. Um, I like to always be a little optimistic. It would have worked out well for the Texans last year. They, I'm pretty sure they were like three and a half or four, and they went definitely yeah. went over that. So um, yeah, uh, it's 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 a good time to be uh, you know of, of the last decade. I think maybe as all all the terrible things that have happened to the Jets organization since they made those back to back AFC title games in the at the, at the beginning of the Mark Sanchez era. 
Um, I think this is as good a time as any in that time frame to have hope and to feel like things maybe could be going in the right direction. Obviously, still, we talked about two a second ago. So much still comes back to Zach Wilson. Can he really – we knew he was going to be a raw prospect. You see the arm talent and see what he can do. If he can just hone it in, it's another year. We've seen some of these guys in year two take bigger jumps. I'm not expecting him – You know, we talked briefly about him on like the guys, like the deep, deep sleeper fantasy guys that maybe he could put up some decent numbers, put up – so you know, they're going to be passing down late in games a lot. Um, but I think his development, just getting him to not be, he was, he had one of the worst, uh, even among rookie uh, quarterbacks. He had a pretty terrible DYAR season. His efficiency was awful. But I think just things are going to look potentially better this year. Just staying healthy, man. They really need that offensive line to stay healthy. If that offensive line can be even good, like pretty good, I think it can be good. Um, especially in the interior, then it just sets up so much. It gives you a little more of a window to make those mistakes, take more time to let players develop and not feel like you have to just make a rush decision. I think those things can really make a big difference uh, for Zach, and that's going to be uh, really important. But staying healthy, I think this team does have a decent amount of talent. Um, just, uh, you know, they just had really bad injury luck again. Um, and it's still the Jets. Still still need to see it to believe it. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, say that they're going to be as bad as last year, even if their win total is around the same. I, I think they're going to take a, a step forward, at least on one, at least in a couple phases of this team. Yeah, I agree. I think they'll be better. It's just how how much better in terms of the win total will be yeah. the interesting part. But I mean, this like we said, we, this is a very interesting division. I think the Bills are clearly the favorite, but I think really with the other three teams, Patriots, Dolphins, and Jets, there's there's a lot of things like you said. You like to be optimistic. I think you can be optimistic if you're fans of any of those three teams. It's just a matter of you know you know the Jets. You're starting further behind than the two in front of you um, yeah. with the Patriots and Dolphins, and it's just yeah. And like you mentioned, I think the Dolphins are clearly probably the team with the widest range when I look at all all four of these. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think the Bills go 17 or 0 or anything. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, but I just think that's to me kind of your expectation of just the the overview of this division. All right, as we always do, we wrap it up uh, quickly with um, several picks here and. Well, there's one guy in particular who's going to own a couple of these, but uh, what do you, that's what you get, right? We do our division MVP, breakout player, and fantasy MVP. Um, division MVP, I think we're pretty clear, anyone listening to this. Um, Josh Allen's going to get our pick here for this one. Um, I suppose, Dylan, other possibilities, we're really looking at it. Um, mm. Listen, if the Patriots win the division, I mean, we're probably looking at Mac Jones, perhaps, as a possibility. Uh, but, again, that's a... I think that's a long shot in terms of him outperforming Josh Allen, even in that scenario. Um, I don't know. I mean, Tyreek Hill just all of a sudden <laughs> does, I, you know, if two is great and Tyreek Hill just blasts through everyone and Dolphins make the playoffs and they're right there in the hunt perhaps. But I think Josh Allen's the only choice here. Yeah, you'd have to – you need a few different things to happen. You need Josh to really revert back to more of his 2019 numbers, even if he – plays even below his 2021 season again his 2020 year the consistency with the efficiency there was ridiculous I, I just don't see him him dropping too far down in his play that that would have to happen in addition to a guy like yeah you'd have to have a receiver having a not maybe not a cooper cup s season but a cooper cup x s season like you'd have to have ridiculous numbers for a receiver to be probably in that same conversation maybe you're looking more at a team if the dolphins or jets somehow become pretty good on offense and make the playoffs and you can maybe make an argument for either of their quarterbacks but that's just so you can't it's so hard to project that at this point given that josh allen is like just an absolute beast and 
on I'm just as ever going to be on a mission to to get back deep into the playoffs and make a Super Bowl run this time with the the group that they have. So yeah, I think Josh, pretty easy pick here. Didn't really even have too much of a consideration for anyone else. Yeah, and I mean, look, we can go ahead and just say it. We he's going to get our pick for the fantasy division yeah. MVP too, yeah. and. Um, you know, I guess other possibilities we could look at there, as you and I were kind of talking about before we recorded. I mean, Tyreek Hill again, if he's someone that it's just, we, I don't think our expectation is for him to have the exact same, you know, numbers necessarily mm-hmm. going from Patrick Mahomes to two. And I think that's our issue. Now, look, he could, and we know with him, one play, you know, 95 yards, and that's that. I mean, that's just, that's yeah. Tyreek Hill. So he can rack up numbers, but still think Josh Allen probably getting your, your fantasy division MVP here. Um, you know, like I said, I, I really think Tyreek Hill is probably the only guy that could challenge him. I don't really look at anyone else and feel like the, anyone else could yeah. come close to probably challenging Josh Allen. Like maybe if Jalen Waddle has in your PPR and yeah. he gets a ridiculous level of targets per game, maybe you could. And it, it depends, I guess, in your definition, fantasy division MVP here. Like, if do we want the guy to be the one that scores the most points for his position, the value? I, I think maybe even like. More of a, I'm looking at guys that are still going to be pretty high picks, not like deep sleepers, but players that maybe you, you get in like the fifth, sixth round, yet they play to a first, second round kind of point production. So I, I think Josh Allen, he's like the one, I'm still going to pick him here because he's like the one QB that I could justify in my own head taking pretty early in a draft um, compared to some of the other guys. It's just such a guarantee, in my opinion, that he's going to put up rack up numbers, whether it's on the ground or through the air. And that with that offense, I think he's the number one pick easily. But you could see some, some receivers. Uh, just have great seasons a guy that i'm going to talk about in a second um i'll wait a sec that one running back here that could uh you know potentially if he's an every down guy put up huge numbers so those those kind of players exist there's a lot of value I still think in this division i you know the patriots are maybe a little tougher outside of uh what hunter henry was able to do last year i, I do wonder about some of the other guys uh what the fantasy value of each one is especially that running back room there's a ton of talent but these guys yeah. are all splitting carries to the point where you don't know if it's going to be Stevenson one day or Harris one day. I mean, James White still catching passes out of the backfield there. So that makes it tough there. I think, like you said, Tyreek is maybe the next one. I still think Waddle has a chance. And then uh, maybe one of these running backs, if if they really take a hold of the number one role, you could make an argument, but still fantasy MVP Josh Allen for sure. Yeah, I think so. And uh, we'll wrap up with our breakout player pick which this is a little bit more uh we got a few more people to choose from in this uh scenario than we did our division yeah. fantasy mvp a lot of ways you could go here you know again i think this is a we talked about really just in talking about all the teams the different guys who could step up and play big roles here but i'm gonna go with the guy who certainly stepped up and uh, had a big you know closing stretch yes. to, to last season <laughs> and if we're gonna make josh allen our mvp in multiple sections here I think this is one of those guys that could benefit uh, for sure. Once again, I think that's going to be Gabriel Davis. We saw him, you know, pretty much explode in the playoffs. And um, now knowing that, you know, he's still going to be playing opposite Stefan Diggs and teams are still going to have to focus on Diggs and everything that he brings to the table. Yeah. I think that's going to continue to open up things for Davis, even though certainly he's going to have a lot more attention coming this season based on what he did to close last season. But um, so he, had, he he broke out last season, but it was in a much shorter time frame that I think the possibility that he could do that over a 17 or likely more uh, game stretch this season for the Bills. Yeah, I think so. They could bring Jameson Crowder too. I mean, they just have 
a number of guys are going to open things up. And like you said, I mean, Gabriel Davis just really started taking off. I, I think for sure you can see him go from, uh, you know, the, the type of play we saw in certain bursts last year to being more consistent. That's why I know we were talking about, like, does he already DR break out? I don't know if you could say his total numbers are a total breakout, but I could see it happening for sure. I think he's a really good pick here. Um, I, I, maybe it, you could argue that Jalen Waddle's already breaking out. He was a guy I considered. I was like, if he puts up – Really big numbers. You could consider him still. I, I went with Brees Hall, though. He's the one mentioning also that could have a lot of fantasy value. He has just his durability, his home run ability for his size, his patience. I think he's, I mean, and I think he could be really good off the bat. And I, it helps, obviously, to have a good offensive line. I think that interior of that offensive line is going to really help uh, him as well in terms of what he's going to be able to do. They're going to want, he's going to, they're going to give him carries. They're going to want to be able to run the ball to set up things for Zach Wilson. So he's one guy I picked on, uh, on football outsiders. They have their back cast projections for running uh, rookie running backs. And they essentially look at uh, all, a ton of different factors. They put into one number that says like, Hey, versus an average running back, what is this guy going to do uh, in terms of how many yards that they project he's going to get um, through his career. And they have him on a pretty high percentile, like no other rookie running backs, even close to a hundred percent trying to be a, a full on starter. And yet he's at 150% on this projectile. They're projecting to be 50% better than most running backs in the league. Um, uh, and obviously that's just, those are just numbers, but just watching the dude, I mean, he's a beast. Uh, and I think with that offensive line, he's a chance to put up, become a pretty solid fantasy running back and just pretty solid running back. We're like, man, I mean, yeah, there's a reason that they took him where they did. I, I think we've seen some of these running backs. I'm not saying he's going to be Jonathan Taylor-esque, but um, I think he could quickly become a pretty pretty big weapon and uh, potentially one of the better running backs in this division. Um, so I think, yeah, I'll pick him. It's a little bit of a gamble, obviously, with a rookie that you haven't seen in the NFL yet, but I think just watching the dude, he, he looks as just pro-ready as any running back that we've seen the last few years. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good choice. And, yeah, I think those are probably the leading two guys. But like we said, there are other guys that could certainly fit that criteria as well. But uh, there you go. There is our overview of the AFC East and looking at sort of the projected win totals uh, and all that for each of these four teams. And we'll see how it plays out. And of course, Dylan, have everything covered over clutch points as the calendar has turned to August and uh, yes. preseason games almost here. Wow. Um, but uh, it's hard to believe. But everything going up over clutch points to get everybody ready for the season so everybody know where they can find all that. Yeah, tons of content. We're doing a series on projecting the last five guys to, to, to make each NFL roster. You can find those in the NFL section of the Clutch Points app or in the NFL section of clutchpoints.com. Tons of, yeah, tons of coverage, tons of news coverage on every little thing, ton, everything going on with the Deshaun Watson situation with him. Getting the well, the six game suspension for now looks like the NFL and Roger Goodell will appeal, and it could still be up to a year. So any little change in that, we will be following. Um, but yeah, for every other team, still tons of tons of news coverage, tons of looking at position battles, looking at the the guys shining early in camps, and yeah, just it's going to be a lot of fun. You can follow all the NFL preseason games in the Clutch Points app as well. And as as we mentioned already, yeah, the first game this week we got Jags and Raiders in the Hall of Fame game. Should be fun. Always always enjoy the hall of fame weekend but uh yeah it's it, it, like we talked about it feels like seasons are it feels like it's here it's getting the getting the itch now it's uh, once the calendar turns to august in particular you're you're ready if you if you played high school football for a little hell week kind of situation not we don't have to go through that i'll just focus on setting up on these teams but yeah it should be it's a lot of fun at this time of year 
Then, of course, get your overreactions ready for the results of uh, Jags and Raiders. So, whoever wins that game is going to the Super Bowl. Whoever loses that game, um, there will be a lot to be said. So, uh, yeah, maybe don't do that. But uh, do check everything out at Clutch Points. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, search for Stats Best. And uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. Stats Best.